astrology, feng shui, tarot, crystals. We've all heard about these practices, but what does it all mean? Each week, Mom and me will dive into these topics to present them in an easy, digestible 20 minutes. From full moons to celebrity charts to even red doors, Mom and me will share personal, shocking, and wow factor stories. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. My name is Kate, and joining me is my mom, Mary Swick. Good morning, Kate, and almost happy Halloween. Yes, well, happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. It is my birthday today. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday to mom. Happy Halloween. Yes, yes. It's always been, I always had an orange and black, you know, decorations on my birthday cake, and I didn't mind it in the least. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. And happy eclipse is over. (laughs) I don't know how to say that. Yes, yes. The big reveal, so to speak, for some people, I'm sure it's been a big reveal, right? Others, maybe it was a little more predictable what you were seeing or what you got confirmed or what was validated. That just happened this past weekend. Especially the fixed signs. So Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius, and Leo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is officially, we are out of the Taurus Scorpio axis of eclipse for another, what, 14 years or 17 uh, 19, years? 19, 19, years. 19 yeah. years. Yeah. So, so we're, there could be some things still to deal with though. Just, you know, I mean, we like to think it's in the closet. It's done. I don't have to think about it, but it can, it's brought some facts to you now and it, it's very clear what the next step is. Yeah. So um, if, you've been listening for a while, you probably remember me dropping a hint in one of the previous podcasts that I was in the middle of uh, changing my name. I was Mm -hmm. in the court, um, you know, filing paperwork to change my name back to my maiden name, Swick. Um, And I did it during Mercury retrograde, but it was something where I just, I'm like, I can't wait. I just, I need to start the process. And something that I thought was going to be done weeks ago, finally got approved within hours of the eclipse this week. I'm an Aquarius, you know, so this was hitting like that fourth, 10th house, which personal fourth house, my name, but also 10th house, because like mom said, there's more work to be done now that I got the approval. Now I do, you know, social security, driver's license, banking, and then I'll roll it out eventually to my website and business cards. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. But I, I want to in just you just casually mentioned you did under retrograde, which you know a lot of people said, oh, don't do that type. Particularly paperwork could be mm-hmm. slow, but also it's reclaiming. You were trying to reclaim an identity, reclaim a name. She's had it before; right. wasn't a whole new name. You just came up with right. Mm-hmm. So it does fall yeah. into that Mercury retrograde. So sometimes we do those things. Right. I also thought it was crazy too because the approval came within a week of my 10 year divorce anniversary. Oh, that's that amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years, like the same week, but yeah. Anyway. So today we are doing a special podcast on creating an altar mm-hmm. and, you know, depending on your belief system an altar to some people might sound a little spooky or, you know, kind of Halloween like, so we thought this would be a great time to introduce it. However, altars can be used throughout the year, and we're hoping to 
leave you with an open mind about them not being as scary or creepy. Um, maybe, maybe as you think when you hear it. Well, altars used to be associated with the clergy, obviously. Mm -hmm. Someone who's in power, a spiritual leader, has control of the altar. And clearly what's happening here is that as we're going through this period of uh, reclamation of self, reclamation of self, you know, now, oh, I can have an altar, right? So there's an empowerment going on here. Um, but the other side of this is that I'm really why I wanted to push, why I pushed for her, let's talk about altars, is to kind of combat on some level all this uh, dark side of Halloween. I don't know, what does your neighborhood look like, Kate? Do you have any weird, um, extreme decor that neighbors are putting out, you know, in their yards? Not too bad. I mean, we have one of the 12-foot skeletons in our neighborhood. Okay. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty, it's pretty tame. Well, but I know your neighbor. God, they're just going crazy. I mean, there must be at least about 15, I'm going to say vignettes yeah. of Halloween horror in their front yard. Yeah. And uh, it's not, their yard is not huge. So yeah. they're one on top of the other. But, you know, they've got these snarling red, where they're red-eyed cats. And their head moves and they're like prowling. Um, you know, Lincoln's afraid to go out the door Aww. at night, you know, once it gets dark because those cats look right at uh, so, yeah. Anyhow, the point is a very ghoulish, very dark. There's a lot of insinuations of evil coming off that front yard, and I said, "Well, okay, that's Halloween. We get it." But I think altars are the higher side. Yeah. Right. Well, it's interesting just knowing about feng shui. Yeah. And um, you know, I don't know if you've seen that ghost trend where you get images like you pick up old artwork from Goodwill or something or savers, mm -hmm. and then you add ghosts to it or little bats or pumpkins to make the scene look like Halloween. So if you're on TikTok, okay. you, you've probably seen the ghost trend. Um, so anyways, we did that the other night and yeah. I had picked up this picture and I was like, these two little kids on the beach mm -hmm. and I changed them into two ghosts. Oh. And it was cute. Like they had a little bow and they were holding little pumpkins. I mean, it was very cutesy, but then yeah. I went to hang it up and I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, is this, is this like a reflection of me and Mikey dying somehow or not actually dying, but like yeah, something I, about um, our reputation or I don't know. I just got totally weirded out by it. So I was like, I'm not hanging it up. So I just leaned it against the fireplace, like amongst my kind of sure. Halloween vignette yeah. of things, but I still kept up my big, like love letters that are right in front of the fireplace because I yes. just thought I don't know I kind of freaked myself out about that I was like I should just yeah. throw it away <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly well anyhow so alters the higher intention so and and this is a great time of year October 31st is Halloween it's the midpoint between the uh autumnal equinox when we had in September and the winter solstice Mm -hmm. So there's a whole geometry to these holidays that's fascinating in itself. But so this is falling right the same week, the same days as the Celtics used to uh, celebrate what they call the thinning of the veil, where the spirit world is easier to contact, to cross over. Uh, the Hispanic holiday of Dia de Muertos 
Uh, same thing, celebrating this crossing over, speaking to, connecting to the spirit world. So there's a lot of interesting little factual things going on with this, yeah. right? At the very same time, multiple different traditions all hitting in on the same thing. Yeah. So today's podcast is focusing on the spiritual or self-help side of Halloween, particularly with the full moon eclipse that we just experienced. So we're going to talk about how to create an altar of intention or healing. And and hopefully we're going to make this easy. We realize Halloween is tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, this is not a, a deep thinking. Yeah. I think I'm going to encourage you to put it together within like 10 minutes from okay. the time that you have, can, you know, uh, and we're going to st- walk you through it. It's pretty simple. You can't, so to speak, make a mistake if your intention is high, right? Right. If you have good intentions, you can't make a mistake here because that's the whole purpose. We're setting an intention, the spirit connection. Right. So I think the first step is probably the hardest and would take the longest. um, And that is to set an intention. And Mm -hmm. that intention can be related to forgiveness, to relief, to release, or to moving on. Yeah, because we just had the full moon, obviously, uh, this would be a good one to let go, to release. Yeah. Because this is just going to be a two-week exercise. This isn't going to go on for months and months. We're looking at a two-week window here. We're going to set that intention of forgiveness. And uh, so, again, what do you want to ask for? Where do you want healing? Uh, What clarity? Or do you just want some resolvement about a past relationship? Like, are we good? Did I end that right? Uh, is there, do I need to send something out energetically? I apologize. So that that's again, Kate, that's the challenge. Okay. You might, you might take an hour thinking about that possibly, or maybe it'll take us some, but once you get that intention down, it'll come together fast. Yeah. Or maybe they'll think of it while they're finishing the podcast, that's but true. yeah, yeah that's probably pops up. Some of the very first things that pop up are probably a good clue. That you're, that's what the track you should follow. True. True. So first step is to set that intention. Next, the second step would be to set a time frame. So, you know, mom and me are thinking, let's keep this short and focus on just, okay, the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. The next new moon is going to be November 13th. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why you, that's going to be your end point. Right. And at that point, if you enjoyed it and you feel like you got good results, this would be an excellent time at the then the new moon to set a new altar for mm-hmm. a new beginning of something. So we're at the full moon right now. So that's why we're talking about maybe something that has to do with letting go, release, or clarity. Mm-hmm. And then as we get to the new moon, November 13th, if you're ready and willing to do a new one, right. that would be the time to to do that. So okay, so next step would be to clear a space. And yeah. a, we're looking for a shelf, a tabletop, preferably something that's not too low, uh, something that is at regular height or a little bit above regular height there. Uh, so the idea is because we don't want things to be thrown on top of it. We don't want a jack to be thrown or, you know, your phone, your keys, all this stuff piling up on it. So the idea, we're just looking for basically a dedicated space. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, we don't need three feet here necessarily if you've got the space obviously that's wonderful but we uh just want to make sure it's not going to be diminished somehow by stuff that needs to sit there 
Or children or animals. Yes, yes. All those things. All those things. So you've set your intention. You've set a time frame. You've cleared the space. Now let's start putting it together. And an easy way is to start with some sort of decorative platter, plate, um, tray. And we would prefer something that's a little bit more heavy or sturdy over flimsy. So, you know, if you only have like a styrofoam plate, okay. But ideally, um, you know, grab a kitchen plate if you don't have a nice tray, just something to start building on top of. Mm-hmm. A small charcuterie board you could use, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a metal tray, a wooden tray. Uh, you know, I just have a ceramic square platter that's kind of, it's very decorative. I love it. It's purple. I love the color. So that's what I use oftentimes. Yep. So you have your tray and then we're going to place a kind of a stone object on the plate. So think of maybe a small stone pyramid, a rock, some sort of carving. And are you going to put that in the center? Or what? Yeah, you know, with that, we want, we're looking for, we want to ground it. That's the whole symbolism here. We're trying to ground it with something that is sub, of substance. Yeah. Uh, you might have a Buddha head. Maybe you have a Buddha head. Maybe it's not real stone. Maybe it's resin, but it looks like it's stone. Yeah, you could set that next to the altar, you know, if it's a big one or, or you're on it if your platter's big enough. So again, we, we got some gray areas here. We're looking to ground it. Okay, so something heavy. Something heavy, yeah. Okay. Um, so a crystal as well could work, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Because, because we are releasing this mm-hmm. time, we mm-hmm. would suggest to place a bowl of water, a small bowl of water, to shed or cleanse. So when we say small bowl, of course, you could go to your kitchen. Maybe you have a little ramekin or something, but or like a little right. jewelry dish, something yes. small to place some water in. We, we want to also recognize the emotion yeah. that we're willing to talk about emotions, feel emotions, get a sensation. So again, we're tapping into that adaptability of water. I love it. Next, we are going to pour a line of sugar and then another one for salt. So we have the sweet and the salty onto the tray. And you can be, I said a line, you could do just a little mound of each. You could put them in little, as you said, ramekin, something there. I have little little shot glasses for lack of a better word, yeah. you know, full of, and I just set them on there. Again, we're just trying to balance out the idea that it's not all sweet and it's not all salty. You know, it's a nice blend we're looking for here of insight. Yeah. Those lines might make it look like it's for some kind of different use. Oh God, <laughs> I'm not going there, but okay. You went there. Yep. That's exactly. So I, it was just a way of writing it down. A yeah. Lot. yeah a so mild. a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt. Yes, exactly. You can sprinkle it around any way you want. Okay. And then the next thing is we're going to come add something that conveys your intention. So this is where you can get a little creative. We're going to give a couple ideas just so you're not out on your own trying to figure it out. But let's say you want clarity around money or you're trying to release some sort of old spending habits. We would add some sort of coin to the tray if it's a money issue. So that could be a little another ramekin of mixed coins, you know, it could be some play money, something, it could be a, an, an orange, something that's round and looks like money Mm -hmm. to represent. That's what the intention's about. Right. Right. 
Yeah, and if you want to hear, if you're you're really looking for like I need an answer, I really need a kind of a message to come to me, then then maybe put a little bell or a noisemaker, something a little chime. I mean, I'm trying to think of little uh, those miniature miniature little music boxes, something that would in theory make a noise. I want to be, but a bell is great. Doorbell, like I hear the doorbell, I hear it, I got my answer, so to speak. So again, it's, these are just ideas. Um, next, if it's something around love, we would suggest some sort of heart. So of course, if you had just a little intention card that had a heart on it, if you have a stone that's in a heart shape, and I don't want people to like stress about this, especially since we're yeah. saying do it really quick. Um, but yeah. you know, even if you had to put a, you know, make a heart on an index card and cut it out. Oh, and put absolutely. it on there it probably could be even more potent if you drew it yourself you know what i mean because the intent this is all intention we're taking mundane things and putting intention our our attention onto those empowering them so to speak uh yeah and, and that's a very real thing you yeah. know if i'm buying you a present the present is just generic but i picked it for you I, you know, I pick the color out and the, 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 all this stuff. And so now it's special. It's for you. Yeah. If you're I'm looking be with, I'm sorry, uh, the spirit, if you're looking to connect with the spirit of your, th if you just want to uh, restore your spirit, like claim my spirit back, where, where am I? You might want to put a little flickering candle and those uh, battery operated ones are just fine. Uh, candles are fine as well. Um, the last one would be like if you wanted to add um, like a tarot card as well for some additional imagery. So if we haven't listed what your intention is about and you have a deck of tarot cards or oracle cards, you could go through and find one uh, that matches your intention and then place that on your altar. Yeah, exactly. I use the six of cups as one I've used in the past. If you know the tarot, it's a man sitting with his eyes closed next to the well. Mm -hmm. And the concept can be that, you know, the person isn't, their eyes aren't open. Maybe they're not even seeing they're sitting next to a well, next sitting next to the answer. So I use that one oftentimes on my card because I, I don't, I have the answer, but I bet it's closer than I think. And then the last step would be um, maybe place a spiritual icon on or next to the plate. So that would be very personal to yourself. So whether that was um, a rosary, whether it was a little Buddha statue, Mother Mary. Oh, yeah. And just anyone that you put on a high level in your life. So the, so the idea is now you've put the altar together, you've, you've found a place for it, you've put everything on the plate, and now we've set that intention. I would, after it's set up, I would probably spend like a couple minutes in prayer or meditation thinking about that intention just to kind of solidify it, um, because it's possible that did the intention change kind of a, when you're making it where you think you yes. have something else? Yes. <laughs> After that's, so, that's so good because that's what happens. Yeah. You start out with one thing and then by, while you put the things together, all of a sudden you're thinking about something else. Yeah. Just acknowledge it. It's okay. It's not a mistake. No, absolutely. But I think it's just getting clear on maybe you found other things around the house when you're putting it together and just acknowledge what those wants or needs or releases are. Yeah. 
And it's a weird thing because it, it's something about it is grounding. It's kind of satisfying. And this idea that you have connections right there in your immediate environment, you have your house is full of symbols of what you're seeking in life. We've seen that in feng shui, yeah. right? And so um, use some of those symbols in a, in a more direct way. Absolutely. And so recently, I think you worked with a client and suggested yeah. doing an altar. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it turned out well for her. She certainly got a result. And it was a, there was been a family altercation. It happened kind of close to the front door of their home. And, you know, feelings were hurt. This was a, a you know, really a tough exchange between children and parent. And, uh, and um, so an altar was set in place. Um, right there right where the argument occurred or the words were said and uh you know i was very happy when i spoke um when she called me uh last week and to let me know that that, that adult child called up you know and apologized yeah you know um you know that means a lot just yeah. the idea you know it doesn't make a perfect world but when someone goes i shouldn't have said that or i'm sorry that's huge it starts clearing the air the relationship is kind of back open again that is what one other interesting thing is if you understand feng shui or you know the bagua of your house to place the altar in the area that it corresponds with so um the example mom just gave was a feminine issue right the mother was involved um, and emotions were high, which would be that front area of the home as well. I think maybe you suggested it because that's where the altercation took place, but also because it's the feminine area, it's the emotional area. It makes sense for an altar to go there. Um, whereas if it was more of a money intention, maybe you're placing it in the back right corner of the home. Back left. I'm sorry, back left. Yeah. I was like holding my hand up um saying the wrong one um back the back right corner for relationships or the back left corner for the finances just to give it an extra i don't know extra power oh absolutely yeah use your knowledge that you know yeah but anyhow kind of a little bit of a summary here creating an altar kind of makes takes advantage it's the season of spirit and a lot of focus is on the dark side we're kind of going you know, what do they, Michelle say, they go low, we go high. Well, they go creepy. We're going to go spiritual. We're going to go to the opposite side. You know, we want to go the higher end of the transition energy that Halloween represents. Absolutely. So thank you so much for listening this week. Have a happy and safe Halloween. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Happy Halloween. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. To keep in touch, follow us on social media at the underscore Kate Wind. And to see a list of our services and our store, you can visit our websites at thekatewind.com or maryswick.com. We'll talk to you next week.